Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Evan Roberts. Tiki Barber. It's Evan and Tiki on WFAN, The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Welcome, everybody. A very special, special Thursday. You may be listening to us on AM 660 for like the first time in 15 years. We appreciate you doing so, or if you're listening on the Odyssey app. We appreciate the Brooklyn Nets. They're on FM if you want to catch them lose to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And we'll be on AM for most of the day today. And so today we're having a very special, special afternoon. Today is a special throwback Thursday. You will hear from some of the legends of this radio station. You will hear some of the legendary sounds from this radio station. And, of course, we'll mix in the sports talk you've grown accustomed to. This open, though, this is too new school for me. So I think right now we need to open this show on Throwback Thursday the only way we can. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that's the sound we all grew up with. That's the sound where Tiki, didn't you intern here in like 1999? No, I mean, I was actually paid. <laughs> but yes, I did work here in 1999 doing the overnights. And you heard that jingle. That jingle is like ingrained in my head driving across the, I don't know what bridge. No, I think I would take the subway, go over to Queens and walk down a dingy back highway, oh, down yeah. a dingy alley, and yeah. knock on this little door in the bottom of a basement and be like, is this where I'm supposed to be? Yeah. Well, different than now. Yeah, very different <laughs> than now. Well, we have a lot of surprise guests coming up throughout the show. Uh, the big story, and it it was very surreal this morning when you heard it become official, even though for weeks and weeks and months and months, there has been this open speculation that Bill Belichick was no longer going to coach the New England Patriots, and we speculated about a million things over the last few months, whether it was, hey, could he come here? Hey, could he coach the Giants? Remember that whole thing from two months ago? Hey, is he going to go to the Chargers? Is he going to go here? Is he going to go there? Is he going to stay? And even though this is not a surprise, I admit when I heard the news this morning, there was that like kind of shock that hit my body. Yeah. Because sometimes you know something's coming. But until it actually happens, it doesn't hit you. And it hit me in a weird emotional way when I heard that Bill Belichick is no longer going to be on the sidelines for the New England Patriots. Wait, did you cry? Out of joy, yes. <laughs> I was so glad that this witch was gone. Ding dong, Bill is gone. Ding dong. Well, here's the thing. I think we felt like it was inevitable because of the reports of discord between Robert Kraft and, and Bill Belichick and even some of the 
players. They were having some fun. Mac Jones, who screamed and yelled at Matt Patricia and Joe Judge on the sideline. He wasn't really in favor with Bill Belichick any longer, despite being a 15th pick two years ago or three years ago. And so it felt like it was inevitable, but it also felt like they weren't just going to give him away. Right, He was going to get traded somewhere. But I think the lesson we learned in that regard is that it's hard to trade a coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So many things have to work out, and it takes some time. And if you're seeking a new head coach, the last thing you have is time. Right? you got to start the process as soon as possible. It's why Vrabel got fired the way that he did, and it's why Bill Belichick and, and Robert Kraft decided to part, uh, part ways at New England. But the interesting thing about Bill Belichick, we know his legacy. Like We know what he's going to be remembered as, the greatest coach of all time, greatest one of the greatest defensive coordinators of all time, his tenure with the, with the New York Giants as well. But it's, it's his ability to get the best out of guys doing it an old-school way. Right? You don't, t- coaches don't do that anymore, right? They don't penalize you. They're not punitive um, when they when they when they talk to you. They're not derogatory. They're not trying to motivate you by sticking a chip on your shoulder to be better. Nowadays, coaches are, hey man, let be let be my friend, right? I'm going to put you in a position to be great. And look, this is a cool way that we're going to do it, right? He doesn't have that kind of connectivity. And I think as we've seen in the world, really, this is a football conversation, but this really the world. We become about people, right? We become about connectivity. And Bill doesn't connect with people hmm. at all. And so I think the challenge of Bill Belichick in New England in these in these latter couple of years is also going to be his challenge wherever he goes next. Because it's a different world. No doubt. The player is different. And the key thing you said is where he goes next. Mm. And that's the fun part in my eyes. The reality is this. Bill Belichick is not coaching the New York Jets next year. Bill Belichick is not coaching the New York Giants next year. That ain't happening. But he's coaching somewhere next year. And as I got over the shock, even though I wasn't shocked, but the shock of knowing, oh, my God, he's not coaching the Patriots anymore. And I admit the excitement. Because even though the Jets finally beat him and ended that hideous, hideous losing streak last weekend, Bill Belichick had more final laughs on the Jets than anybody. Yeah, the Jets had their moments, sure. I'll never forget the playoff win at Gillette after the 2010 season. Like, it's one of my great moments as a fan. But Ding Dong, the greatest coach in the history of this sport, in my opinion, is no longer there anymore. And so I started to think, where do I want him to go? Like, as a football fan, we're all football fans, and if we can just divorce ourselves from the fantasy that he's coaching our teams, because he's not. He's not coaching the Giants. They're not getting rid of Dayball. He's not coaching the Jets. They're not getting rid of Robert Sala. Where do you want him? And I thought about that this morning, and I kind of came to a conclusion that I, I respectfully know you will not agree with, and I know that Sean will not agree with, and many Giant fans may not agree with. But I think as... A historical figure that Bill Belichick is, Mm -hmm. I would want him with a historical franchise. (laughs) Like, it would feel awkward for Bill Belichick to be with a franchise that doesn't have that history to it. And so I said, all right, historical. I want him with a historical franchise. That's number one. Number two, I don't want him to kick my ass. I, I admit I'm selfish. And I get that your answer to this and Sean's answer and a lot of people listening's answer will all be different based on the team you root for. I happen to be a Jet fan. I want him out of the division. I don't want him to ever be able to kick my ass. So a non-offensive team. And then I said a team that needs him. 
A team that has become stale over the years and needs the greatest head coach in the history of this sport to spice it up. And that's why there's only one team I want to see Bill coach next year, and that's the Washington Commanders. Mm. I think it would why, be fun. Why is that? Because of the of the following in the footsteps of Lombardi type? Like what? You know, we'll it's funny. Why Washington? Okay, so it's not that. Because, because they're not laden with talent. In fact, the, all the great defensive talent that they had, they shipped off. Because I'm 40 years old. And when I grew up watching football in the early 90s, it was kind of the end of Washington's run. Remember, they got to a Super Bowl in the mm-hmm. early 90s. Yeah. And so for many years, the Washington, then known as Redskins, was this football team that had a great history but did nothing. And a part of that was because they were bought by a creep owner named Daniel Snyder. And so I spent a big part of my life looking at this historical franchise, knowing about their history, respecting their history, and saying they suck. They're boring. They don't do anything. And they've had their moments, their glitzes, the RG3s, the Kirk Cousins, like these brief little moments where they look relevant. But they have been a boring, stale franchise for 30-plus years. So to me, having the greatest head coach in the history of the sport, and I do believe Bill is that guy. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Having him walk through that door with a brand new ownership and maybe a brand new stadium on the way and hopefully a new name because the commander's name is Dopey, I find that exciting. <laughs> and, I, and by the way, I get it. You're an NFC East fan. Yeah, we don't want to hear that yeah. at all. Because you're scared of him. Get out of here with that nonsense. That's it's fine. not even scared. I don't want these teams significantly upgrading. Let them go as far away as possible. Right. There's a lot of places. Seattle, he's not going to Seattle. I just don't think you you move on from a 72-year-old coach to hire another 72-year-old coach. It just doesn't really make sense. I know the Chargers are one that everybody's talking about, but who cares about the Chargers? I mean, like, literally, there's the fans in L.A., they don't even care about their team out, out there. Well, they and, may if Bill comes. I, I don't know, man. Dude, Justin Herbert said they had to use silent count for a lot of their home games. Silent count in their home home stadium. Mm-hmm. That's how bad the fan base is. I'll tell you the place that, I, to me, it feels like is the front runner. And it's only because we heard that they wanted to trade for him. When they fired Arthur Smith, and that's the Atlanta Falcons. Dude, that's boring. The Falcons. Of course it's boring. But think about it. 
The Atlanta Falcons are in a division that has a, a, a at or just above or just below last year division winner for the last couple of years. And Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the cream of the crop. And look, I give Todd Bowles some credit because they don't have a ton of talent on that team. They were in salary cap hell after the Tom Brady uh, departure. So they won back-to-back conference championships. So give them credit, but they're not good. Right, and they're getting old. <laughs> the Carolina Panthers might be in purgatory for the next two or three years, and hell, they got to figure out who their coach is. Uh, you know, obviously, we mentioned the Falcons, New Orleans Saints are just just an average, right around five hundred, just below five hundred team. I mean, this was Dennis Allen's first winning season ever. This is his first winning season this year, and he went nine and eight. He had to win his last game, so the division is is up for grabs. And offensively, you got Drake London, who's a first round pick. You got Kyle Pitts, who's a first-round pick. You got Bijan Robinson, who's a first-round pick. You got all of these offensive linemen, Chris Lindstrom, Caleb McGarry. These guys are all first-round picks. Jake Matthews, even though he's old as hell now, he's a first-round pick. You got talent offensively. You got some interesting pieces defensively. To me, if, if Bill wants to go somewhere and get those 15 wins, yeah. it's Atlanta. No, I, right? I'm not Because the, the wins are available. I'm not and, arguing that Atlanta isn't a good no, spot for him. You're just saying it's not because it's not sexy. It's boring. You want it sexy. You want the story. <laughs> there are two sexy spots that neither of you mentioned. Which what? is? One of them could be available after this weekend. Philly and Dallas. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me answer that. Even though I'm picking a team in the NFC East that I think would be sexy and fun, I do not want him in the city of Philadelphia. Mm. Like, even though the Eagles don't do damage to my own team, they are Philadelphia. And I will put city above anything else when it comes to that rivalry. Now, what's interesting is Sean's not wrong. (laughs) Like, Nick Sirianni is on the hot seat. And if the Philadelphia Eagles lose in the first round after beginning this season 10-1 and and then collapsing down the stretch of the year, and you decide to fire him, which was on the table even before Bill got removed— you got a chance to add the greatest head coach in the world, and you're damn close. You were in a Super Bowl two years ago. I could totally see it happening. God, that would feel so quick and maybe short-sighted. That would also feel dirty. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe that's why really Bill would. sent Matt Patricia there. Sabotage from within. <laughs> hold it over. I'll keep you as the D.C. The Dallas thing is interesting. I Maybe I'm crazy to think this. I can't see Bill working for Jerry. Even though Bill Parcells worked for Jerry, I don't know if I could see that ever happening. Desperate, That's a good point. desperate old owner who keeps talking about his mortality with the team winning. He might get desperate if they fall short again this year. Now, obviously, both of you guys, Tiki is the giant legend, Sean is the giant fan. You don't want that. I mean, Philly and Dallas is like no, no, no. Washington. Don't even, don't even speak that into the potential sphere. <laughs> yeah, but them failing with Bill would be kind of sweet. And look, the Giants as a franchise have had success against Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick has. Two teams in the NFL that he has either has a losing record to or a 500 record against. Okay, mm-hmm. one of which is the Green Bay Packers, mm-hmm. and the other franchise is the New York Giants. Yeah, and obviously we know the Super Bowls. NBC this morning put out a headline that I thought was one of the great troll headlines of all time. NBC News' headline was Bill Belichick, who lost two Super Bowls to the Giants, is expected to part ways with the Patriots later today. Reports say as his 24-year tenure ends with regular season loss to the Jets. So in one breath, Bill Belichick was trolled by the two Super Bowl losses to the Giants and the regular season, even though it's meaningless, lost to the Jets. So, you know, you guys have handled them. I mean, let's be fair. Yeah. No, I mean, you give the Giants tons of credit because they had a great pass rush, which is the one way to disrupt Tom Brady. 
A lot of the teams just couldn't get to Tom. He just stood back there and did what he wanted to do. But also, we had heroic performances from Eli Manning. So where do you where do you want him? I understand Atlanta has got the pieces, and I understand Arthur Blank is desperate. But you, as a not just an NFL commentator, but yeah. as an NFL fan, where would you my, like to see? My him? my response is going to is be different than everybody every response you've ever heard regarding Bill Belichick. Go ahead. I want him to retire. Why? Because I think. Look, the game hasn't passed him by. He is still very dialed in. He knows exactly what's happening. Um, but I feel like the relatability side of being a head coach in the NFL is he doesn't have it. He doesn't have what the players want. He doesn't he doesn't want to be partners with the players. He wants to be dominant over the players. He wants to be someone who tells them what to do, and when they don't do it, he punishes them, and they respond. That's not the NFL player anymore. And so I don't want him to go somewhere, think that he can, think that he can make it work the old school way, and then fail. Like, I don't want to see You him. think he's going to I fail. Don't, I don't, no, I don't. I just I, I could see it happening, and I don't want to see that with the guy that I have so much reverence for as the greatest who ever done it. You know what's funny, though? If he goes somewhere and fails, whether it's Atlanta or it's Washington, it's obviously not one of our teams because I think our views always change when it's our team, and he's not going to coach here. I don't think his legacy takes as much of a hit as maybe people like to think it will. No, I'm not saying he'll take like, a hit. He's still the greatest coach of all well, time. And, and anytime people say, well, he only won with Brady, well, name any other great coach. They all win with great players. I mean, that's just the way it is. Right. Like, you win with great players. Phil Jackson won with great players. Of course he did. I mean, Red won with great players mm-hmm. because that's how you win. Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh won with great players. Vince Lombardi, the great Vince Lombardi himself, won with great players. So even if he went somewhere else and failed, I don't think it would change it. It is throwback Thursday here on The Fan. The Nets are on the FM. We're on the AM. When we come back. One of the biggest legends in the history of this radio station. We welcome back Christopher Mad Dog Russo. The sports leader starts Radio 66. Every break, I'm going to get nostalgia for all those old clips. I appreciate it. It's a throwback Thursday. We're on AM exclusively. I don't know if we should welcome this guy in as the star of ESPN, because now he is. Or he's the face of MLB Network, or as a legendary FAN host. Because as the years have gone by, I think he's become like a bigger star on TV. And that, of course, is the great Christopher Mad Dog Russo. How you doing, dog? Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Tiki, welcome. Thank and, you. Uh, Evan, nice to have I like, for, for our purposes to now, let's go the latter. WFAN <laughs> legacy. Yo, you can yeah. be it all, Mad Dog. You can do everything. Right? Well, it's one day a week at, F- at ESPN. Let's not go crazy. The MLB <laughs> Network is a, is a baseball show that is on, you know, for the baseball fan. FAN is where we all made it. That's where the fun began, and I sat there and watched a lot of Tiki Barber games. And Tiki, you are a borderline Hall of Famer. You should have made that last cut. I was disappointed. Maybe one next day year. You will. Maybe one next year. I appreciate you. Well, hold on a second. He's a borderline Hall of Famer. Is he a Hall of Famer or is he not a Hall of Famer? You're not a Hall of Famer until you're a Hall of Famer. I mean, <laughs> do I have to go out there and be... Uh, he's not Jim Brown. So that's <laughs> crazy. But, I mean, Tiki was a tremendous, tremendous oh, player. Oh, thank you. Thank you, dog. Uh, and by the way... By the way, Tell dog. By, by the way, dog. Yeah. I can't be a Hall of Famer until I'm a Hall of Famer. So being a borderline Hall of Famer is exactly what I want to be right now. 
So I think you that you are right. It. I think you are right there. You could go either way. I'm not being fair, T. I, I mean, you know, you. I, I think you could go. Uh, I would. Ha- you could go either way with it. You were a hell of a running back. And yes, if you were into the Hall of Fame, I don't think anybody would have any qualms with it. Evan included. Evan, how are you? I'm long good. time no chat. A long time, man. I'm curious for you, because you've been gone now for like 15 years, and New York sports has completely sucked for the most part since then. We've had a couple of good moments, the Giants Super Bowl, the Yankee World Series. Is there any day you wake up, you know, after you take your gummies and you do your radio show, where you say, boy, I miss I miss talking about New York sports oh, all day? I mean, uh, I can think of about five or six right now in the last 12 years. The day that City Field opened up, I wasn't there with that ballpark in New York, uh, with the Mets. That bothered me. The 09 World Series, when I, I could have killed the Yankees. They won that year with A-Rod. <laughs> that bothered me. So, I mean, those two top of your head right out of the gate. The Getterman era with the Giants, mm. that bothered me. Knicks Hawks a couple years ago when they finally got something going in the postseason. And then last year they beat the Cavs. You don't do those kind of local things uh, on uh, Sirius because of the fact, you know, it's a first-round NBA playoff series. Uh, you know, so there have been, you know, there have been some moments. I mean, you know, the Yankees re-signing Judge. I mean, I think him hitting 62 home runs, Evan. I mean, geez, yeah. you know me with the history, Roger Maris. You know, I mean, you know, I did some of that on Sirius because, you know, it's baseball, it's a national story. So that bothered me a little bit. There is no question about it. You know, the hometown aspect, no matter how bad the teams are, the hometown aspect of the ball clubs, when you can't follow on a day-to-day basis, that is, you know, sometimes you miss that. It's part of your family, you know. And I tell you something else I miss. Sometimes I miss the conversation that me and Mike had, many a time cantankerous, but sometimes <laughs> those conversations, which were good sports fans' conversations, I don't have that necessarily on Sirius. It's about myself. So I do miss that, too. So yeah. there are some aspects of the station. I mean, let's face it. I mean, you were a good part of it. Tiki was a huge player here, and he was always in the mix there in the 90s with Fossil and everything else. The three of us, you know, Zobanigno win and everything else. Uh, you know, Giannotti was part of it. Boomer, of course. I mean, it was a it was a great town and it was a great station for a long period of time. And uh, you know, being part of that, no matter what I do after, a lot of people still remember me for Mike and the Mad Dog. Yeah, you know, it's funny, dog. I want to like when I, when you do national shows because I did a national show on CBS Sports Network for for a while, and you often. Just you almost want to intentionally not talk about New York because it makes you feel like you're biased, right? I, have there been national New York sports stories that you talked about and people said, "Hey, you know what? This is just a New Yorker talking." That's not. I, I don't want to hear. That. I think there's some of that. Uh, I think it's more the other way, where you would talk about uh, national stories and try to incorporate into a New York framework. Got it. Uh, you know, like Belichick today. Yeah. That would be one. Um, the, you know, the NCAA Final Four in college football, that would be another. Trying to incorporate UConn when they won a championship last year in basketball, that would be one. I think it's more that way where you try to take a national sport uh, that's got a little New York feel and try to turn it around so the New Yorker listens more than the other way where I'm forcing a New York story on a national audience. As you guys well know, I've never been a huge New York fan anyway. <laughs> no, right. So, so in a lot of ways, I'll tell you something else that I miss. When the Giants won those World Series, especially that first one. Oh, Here God. it is. I screamed yeah. and yelled with Mike forever about Yankees-Giants, and I never had anything to crow about. And they finally win three championships, and I'm no longer on FAN. That, <laughs> that is the weirdest thing in the world. 
I'm no longer on FAN. But, you know, here's the way I look at the radio. I just go on there and I essentially do the same thing I've always done as far as the communication aspect of the concern. You know, do the monologue early, get calls in, try to get a newsmaker guest on. I do those things that I've always done. And, you know, there are times I want to do some New York stuff. And after all these years, I can get away with it. But, you know, listen, I'm going to leave with the car. I like college football anyway. You know, I'm going to do a lot of Nick Saban. I did that yesterday. I'm going to do a lot of the college football stuff. I can do the tennis, which I couldn't do. I'm still going to do the big golf. You'd be, you'd be surprised. Sports talk is sports talk. Yeah. You know, nobody's more of a New Yorker than me, and I've been on Sirius for 14, 15 years. What's that tell you? Man, they know no. I'm going to talk some of New York sports, dude. You're approaching uh, I, you're approaching a period where you're going to be at Sirius longer than you were here. Like you're a few years I away from that. that, which is nuts. I thought about that. Yep. I mean, I got to Fan in uh, in eighty eight, eighty nine. I left in oh eight, and I got to Sirius in the end of oh eight. And here it is, two thousand. Uh, it's about fifteen, sixteen years. And me and Mike started in eighty nine, left in oh eight. Nineteen years with Mike, and about fourteen years at Sirius, which is really hard to Crazy, believe. Crazy man. Uh, when did uh, you? But, but, but I love. I know. I still love the sports talk. I still love going on there. Hey, here are some things that you can't do on F on FAM. I do. I like doing book reviews, and you know, <laughs> get a good sports book on, and getting a guy on for forty five minutes to an hour, even non sports books. Oh, well, well, by, the, by the way, by the way, dog, I yeah. have to do this now since you said that. What have I told you? I wrote a Mets book, and it's coming out in March. Are you going to give me an hour on your show to break yes, it down? I would. Yes, I would. <laughs> yes, I would. Literally, yes, I, would. I wrote, I took my 50, uh, my 81 favorite scorecards, because I score every Met game. I still do to this day. And I published it in the book and wrote about my experience at that game, you know, what was going on in life, well, what I thought you about. On, Evan. Thank that's you, dog. A, that's a done deal. All right, that's tell, a done deal. Tell Spike I'm off that day. I'm going on with Doggy. All right, I appreciate that. <laughs> No, I will. I, I, I do a lot of those. You know, here's something else I did. You know, in the pandemic, that was a tricky show. So all those, you know, you guys, that was hard to show. Oh, yeah. But I put Roger, I put Roger McGuinn on one day for an hour on a Zoom and he was playing songs from the birds back in the 60s. <laughs> right. You can't, you don't, can't, you really can't do that as much at FAN. And that is where Sirius allows you to, to do those things. But you guys know, doing a sports talk show is doing a sports talk show. If you do it right and the fans like you, the idea of it is to sell what you're interested in. So if you're passionate about something, even if something is obscure, you'd be amazed of how many fans will latch on to it, whether they live in New York yep. or Walla Walla, Washington. So that's my philosophy. Now, speaking of Sports Talk Radio, we've had a lot of young hosts do shows recently, and I was curious if we played a clip, if you could do an on-air air check for this certain young host that was on recently. Could you do us that favor? Uh, put it, put, yeah, let's go. Play it. Here All right, here go. we go. Five-game losing streak for them. Mikal Bridges. Not shooting well, not scoring the ball, not nearly as well as he was last year when they acquired him. The Nets, a lot of issues in Brooklyn. And I, and I like some of the players that those Nets guys have. I, I, Bridges, Johnson, solid, I would say 2A, 2B type pieces. What do you think of that young host? You know, that's a good one. Tiki, you know who that is, don't you? <laughs> I do now. <laughs> <laughs> that was... Um, uh, I give Olivero and Spike all the credit. That was Colin Russo, who's a senior at Wisconsin, who works at ESPN Madison, and he did a show on December 22nd. And let me tell you something right now. 
I was with him. I left before these shows. I didn't want to hover over him, but I came down to visit the station. First time I'd ever been there, by the way. I was going to ask. Hey, that was your first time here? Was that day? First time ever. Wow. First time I was there, December 22nd. And here's the thing. He followed a Nets-Nuggets game. I know you're a huge Nets fan. Yes, yes. He followed a Nets-Nuggets game, and then Carino and Cab Show do a great job. They did a half-hour postgame. And then he was on at 10.30 to 2. That first half hour would be the first to admit he was rattled. Uh, that first half hour. Uh. Because you, I told him, don't do Yamamoto. Don't do NFL playoffs in week 16. Don't do that at the bottom of the hour. you got to save that because we don't know about the calls or anything else. you got to save that for the top of the hour, which he did with Yamamoto at 11 because he had just signed. Mm-hmm. So when you think about it, 10.30 to 11, Following Nets basketball, <laughs> nobody knows who he is. Nobody knows who he is. Nobody knows who he is. And he's got to kill a half hour. That is not that easy for a senior in college. No, no, that's And crazy. he was rattled. And he was rattled. Right. Was so, rattled. so in college, it was constant. What is, is he doing uh, the same thing, like sports talk radio? And I'll tell you, you know, he's done a good job. At, uh, he's at ESPN Madison. Yeah. And he does the pre and post of Wisconsin football. So on Saturdays, he does a show outdoors in one of those bars there on State Street with three other hosts, one of them being Chris Moore, who's a former linebacker, and Brad Norman, who's a punter at the Jacksonville. Yeah. And he does that, and then he does a post-game post show. Now, I don't know. He's a senior. He graduates. I think he wants to do this for his career. Uh, but you guys know, going in there every day, Trying to make something happen. You guys are on. Are you guys on four or five hours? Are you four? Four and a half hours. Four and, four and, a, half. and a half. Four and a half hours. That is not that easy. Mm. And I don't know if he knows how that adjustment's going to be. Once a week around Wisconsin football is one thing, but the one thing that he has, he's got presence. When you hear him, you have it. He he feels comfortable on the air, and no matter how much you know. And no matter how smart you might be, you have to feel comfortable. You got to feel you got to feel comfortable when that microphone goes on. And he does do that. He does feel that. So that's that's a plus. The other one that I love is my oldest right now, Tiki. You'd be into this. Is the third assistant at Northern Arizona. Oh yeah, Big Sky Conference. Oh, interesting. Division one basketball. Oh, that's cool. And he's twenty four. He's just turned twenty five. Wow. So, so he's doing. I've so this six, is this is his job then now, right? This is this he, is his job. He's he doing this for a living. He did two years grad assistant at UConn, won a championship, got this job uh, uh, in May, and I'm sitting here trying to figure out where ESPN Plus is. That's <laughs> terrible. Oh, it's a pain watching, in the ass. ESPN Plus is a pain, that, in the, a pain in the ass because sometimes it won't uh, log I, you I, in. I, I can't log in. I'm plus this Peacock thing, Saturday with the Dolphins. Right, right. Hulu, you got to get Hulu. Hulu dog, makes it easy for it the, makes it easy for ESPN Plus. The world is a streaming world. You're not used to it yet. We had Amazon Prime all season long. Like you're not used to the whole streaming thing yet. Uh, not as well as I have. I have my kids who help me out. I'm not that great at it. Forget <laughs> me. How are you guys doing with this? Carton leaves, so now Evan and Evan. What did I tell you when you took that job? You gave me uh, great advice. Like, yeah, you said. I said just but by your time, yep. let Craig run the program. <laughs> who knows what happens? They do get rid of him. No, Tiggy's a great person to work with. By the way, I'm very curious. Um, you got into a little bit of hot water a few months ago when the Diamondbacks defeated the Phillies, which I was thrilled about, mm. and you promised that you would quit. And then you right. made a deal with the great Howard Stern that you would do something else. I forgot what right. it was instead of quit. Did I was you wa- walk down Fifth Avenue in a bikini? Okay, nice. did you? Did you do that? And if not, why? No, 
Now, I did not do the bikini thing. My wife would have divorced me if I did the bikini thing. I couldn't do that. And Howard caught me by surprise because he got wrapped up in it. The fact that the Diamondbacks beat the Phillies <laughs> and then they're screaming Mad Dog in the lock in the clubhouse after the game is, is, is odd. But here's what I did do. The Diamondbacks did a great job. I was not going to the World Series. And then baseball said, you got to go for the three games. So I flew out to Phoenix. I did the three shows, TV and radio. And I sat out in the center field bleachers doing the radio program. I was amazed. 85% were good, 15% were nasty. <laughs> I was amazed the amount of fans who caught on to that, yeah. walking by me there well, where I was on a little pedestal out in the center field. Well, well, dog, yeah, that was a that was a throwaway line that got me in a little trouble. Right, but, dog, it's interesting line. how the medium, both radio and TV, it is infiltrating clubhouses and locker rooms now. Like yes, People yes. get offended by these things. We, we Aaron Rodgers, it feels like every week, is, is aggrieved by something that somebody says. It, it, was it always that way? I mean, never, I, I know every never. now and then Mike would piss me off as a player, and I'd be like, what the hell is he talking about? But I'd come on with you guys and just talk Wait, about it. Wait, did Dog ever piss you off? No, Dog never did, but, but Mike <laughs> oh, would. Oh, yes, I did. Well, well maybe you did, but I didn't get mad at you. I got mad at Mike. But I, I, never, I never felt like it was infiltrating as much as it does now. It's kind of crazy. Uh, the animosity between media and athlete is terrible compared to what it was 30, 30 years ago. I mean, look at Boomer. Boomer came on every Friday, uh, every Monday during the football season with me and Mike forever. The manager came on once a day. All the Met player, uh, Jeff Torborg did every day at 3.05 a couple of years Crazy. with Mike and myself. I mean, and now, you know, it, it, the new breed of athlete doesn't want criticism. It's athlete talking to athlete. They all have podcasts. Yeah. They don't come on radio, TV shows, so you don't have a chance to build any camaraderie with them. So it becomes a very, very difficult medium. I don't know how you guys how you guys have deals with the teams. It hurts me more on the national side because I can't get these guys on. I mean, you know, I, I, Bryce Harper is not coming on with Christopher Russo. That's all there is to it no, under right. any circumstances. And, and in the old days, you can get these guys on occasionally. Now you can never. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is not coming on with me. So from that standpoint, unless he's selling a book, right? Or or, 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 or you got a million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Or I got a million. Bucks, or you're going to kiss his ass for 35 minutes. Then he'll come on, man. Right. So it's that too, and they know I'm not going to do that. I, you know, I will be nice, but I'm not going. So it becomes a. It's a much much harder profession than it was, Kiki. When uh, when Evan first started, and when Mike and I were on in the 80s and the 90s, it's a much harder profession now. Um, I try to do the show the same way I've always done it. You know, I, I, I haven't changed the, the philosophy of doing a talk show around a bar room, fans talking sports, take phone calls, get newsmakers on, put some people on who I'm interested in, and hopefully I can sell that idea to the listener. That's the way I do it, but, but I'm a dinosaur there. You know, it's, it's a totally different – and I'll tell you something else. People listen to sports talk now in clips. Yeah, yep. They don't listen to the whole three hours unless they're really loyal and they're big fans. They listen to little clips. For, you give out a little two-minute clip like the Diamondbacks. They were right. going to, you know, go away <laughs> yeah. to be Philly. Throw now, a they line. didn't hear the whole thing. Right. They heard the two minutes. Now you're right. Uh, with, the, with the current scene right now, what do you think of the Met offseason so far? You think it sucks? I, I did not like what they did to Buck. I thought Buck got a, a David Stearns. I thought he got a raw deal. 
I did not think Buck deserved to be fired. He had a great year. And then, a, you know, obviously last year was a disaster. You can't blame that on Duck. He deserved a third year there. And I understand that Stearns wanted to bring his own guy in. I get it. Uh, yeah, the Mets, listen, they're going to regroup. Uh, I, here's the thing that bothers you about baseball. The Dodgers have every player. Mm. I mean, Yamamoto, they got Hernandez and the Mariners. Yep. And they just bring, and, and they got, the, you know, obviously Otani. And guess now, what? And guess what, dog? Win. They'll get knocked out in the, in the, in the divisional round. That's just watch. Too. That's the, that's the advantage that baseball has over the NBA. Yep. Is, and the other sports is the baseball off, the postseason is so unpredictable that you can have nine Babe Ruths out there and you could still lose. Well, that's series. what to me is saving the Met offseason because mm-hmm. the Mets look like a very average team. But I've said to Tiki, you know what? They win 85 games and make the playoffs. Why the heck, why can't they get hot like the Diamondbacks just did? It gives teams 100%. more hope. Or, or the Phillies from two years ago. Yep. Or two yep. seasons that's ago. exactly right. Or the Phillies, you know, who won 87 games. I mean, and they got to game six of the World Series. So I think the idea that there are more playoff teams helps those teams knowing that if they can win 85 games, they're on the periphery of making the playoffs. And if they ever get in, who's to say they can't win five, six games in a row? So, which is what Arizona basically did. Look at all the road games they won. Three and they won, beat, swept the Dodgers. I mean, they swept Milwaukee and they, you know, they came from three, one, two, uh, two, oh, and three, one, and three, well, it wasn't three, two, but they came from two, oh, and three, two down right. to beat the Phillies. So, and look at Texas. I mean, Texas won 90 games and won every road game. Yep. The, I mean, Texas won every road game incredible. In, the, in the playoffs. Everyone, they didn't lose a road game. It's incredible. That doesn't happen in other sports. And I think the unpredictable it happens in hockey, but it doesn't happen in any other sports. And that's the unpredictability of baseball that helps its postseason because you can make it and have a dominant regular season, but at the end of the day, who cares? The Dodgers' season now starts October 1st. No doubt. They're going to win 12 games. No and doubt. If they don't, the season's a disaster. Out of curiosity, when did you start taking gummies? Is that a recent <laughs> phenomenon or was that a while ago? Uh, Evan, Evan, Evan. I went to college. Uh, college. I went to a boarding school in upstate New York. Yes. I got there as a freshman in 1974. Oh, so 1974 that is five years, started. <laughs> that is five years after, that's five years after Woodstock. <laughs> so, I mean, I've, but the, the gummy sensation, you know, that was an interesting one. I threw that out there on the TV and people got so into that gummy stuff. Oh, yeah. So, you know, now I almost have to take it every when it's a big sporting event. I'm just to keep up the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right, you need you need to start your own brand. I mean, hell. Yeah, no, start my own, start my own brand. Uh, you know, listen. I mean, I'm I went to I went to high I went to a boarding school in college. You know, in those days, you did those kinds of things, and it's funny. I got away with it on ESPN. And nobody from ESPN say anything. You know, you would figure mm. family TV. Chris, really? Do you got to say this? <laughs> nobody said a word. Right. Nobody said right. a word. That's the mouse, man. <laughs> people, well, people like authenticity. Yeah. That's yeah. What they like. That is true. And you could say anything you want about Christopher Russo after all these years. You got to say one. Even you, Tiki, you, you know, I'm authentic. I'm who I am. I, I, don't I appreciate that. We, uh, we're doing a kind of a throwback, Dan. I appreciate you coming on. One of the things we're bringing back are the 2020 updates, and there's a man here who I would be honored if you could throw to his update. You may uh, remember him. His name is John Minko. <laughs> oh, my God. You got Mink doing the update. Minko, how are you, Johnny? I'm doing just fine. And you know what? You know what? We go all the way back to Timmy Russo, 
who was with the UConn basketball program, got a ring. Did you actually see this ring yet? The championship the ring? Yeah, I got a humongous room. Humongous. How about that? And and now he's at Northern Arizona. Which which Mink saw him because Northern Arizona played at UConn, and Mink has done a lot of those St. John's UConn games, and Mink is always texting me after he has run it to Tim. He does a great job. So we are doing the 2020s today, Evan. That's what we're doing. Ah, we're doing a couple. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're mixing a couple in, and we got we got the. It was very tough to negotiate and get John Minko to agree to do a few updates. He's a very busy man these days, but he was kind enough, especially with you on, to join in and have the honor of you throwing to an update just like uh, the I'll old do it. days. Uh, wait, wait, you're you're, you're going to this one 240. off, are you? Two forty. It's two forty. All right, mate, let's go, Mick. Do a halfway decent job, short and sweet. Tell me what's going on. Here's the 2020 on Sports Radio 66, WFAN. Mickey! WFAN 2020 Sports. And, dog, a member of the 69 Mets, 73 Mets, shortstop Bud Harrelson. Passes at the age of 79. That from the club this morning. 13 years with the club, a two-time All-Star. The whole club shortstop, third base coach on the 1986 champion Mets. Well, Story out of New England today was expected. 24-year run as head coach Bill Belichick comes to a close. Alabama needs a head football coach with the retirement of Nick Saban yesterday. What we do know is Dan Landing of Oregon is staying put. Ohio State wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. declares for the NFL draft. The Nets are in action today at this hour in Paris. And they lead the Cavaliers uh, midway, 9.05 to play in the half, 35-21 to score. There, Knicks in Dallas tonight, Rangers Blues in St. Louis. Islanders home to Toronto, Devils on the road against Tampa Bay, and with sports every 20 minutes or every 20 years, this is John <laughs> WFA and 2020 Sports. I got to tell you, Meg, that was a hell of an update, that and was. we very much appreciate you doing this. I, I have to correct you on something. I have to. What? Nick Saban retired. No, no. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're on AM because the Nets are on FM, okay? So if you want to hear the net game, you're fine. Flip over to FM, whatever. The Nets are losing by 14, not winning by 14. I got 35-21, right. Yeah. Cavaliers and... Oh. Yeah, I they're... said the Nets were winning. Yeah, we're, we're losing. <laughs> I'm, a little, I'm a little rusty. <laughs> it's okay. How you been, man? How's it going? Yeah, Mick, I got to tell you, I kind of miss hearing those, those 2020s. That was great. Yeah, and I miss doing them. <laughs> maybe not, maybe not like this last one, but but. <laughs> Man, but we, hey, yeah, th- things are going well. St. John's is winning, and um, and and it, it, I'll tell you, uh, I I know you know players do the winning and the losing, and and, and everything is good when when the shots are going in. But uh, Rick Pitino has uh, done a magnificent job, has changed everything around in. Not years, but a few months, mm. and it's it's been incredible what's gone on there in Queens. Yeah, Wink, you know I I was with BT for a decade, decade plus, and every year he'd come in with optimism about the St. John season. This is this is the year, Teague. I think this is the year we finally got the right pieces, and inevitably something would happen; it would deteriorate. It actually feels simply because of Patino that this actually might be that year. The crowds are uh, up from recent years, uh, and, and and it's amazing how he built this team. He 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 kept two players, uh, the best player on the team, Joel Soriano and uh, Drissa Traore. And what he did is go out and recruit 
scores, veteran, grad students for the most part, scores, and with the exception of Naheem Aline from UConn and the Iona kids, they all came from losing programs. Hmm. And what he had to do was to teach these players how to play defense, teach these players that some of them, uh, you know, how to pass the ball and to do the other things. And more importantly, what things you need to do to win. And, and now, you know, the defense is, um, you know, I asked them once, you know, off mic, I said, I said, you, you, you love this matchup zone. He says, is, are we going to see that? And he goes, not yet. We're not ready. Mm. And uh, and then against the Xavier Musketeers that came out for the first time, he's been using it ever since. And, uh, you know, they're, they're beginning to gel together. They are connected on the court. They're connected off the court. And right now, you know, four and one, you know, to me, it's a race to 10. I, you get 10 wins in the Big East, the, the odds are you're going to go to the tournament. I want and, St. John's to go on a run just so we could hear some March bingos from the great John Minko. <laughs> so he goes, you deserve that. You deserve some, some sweet 16. That's a bingo. We need a few of those come mid-March. <laughs> well, that would be nice. <laughs> Mink, we, we appreciate We know you have a busy schedule. Thank you very much for coming on. Give us an update, and uh, we will catch up soon. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. No, no. We'll definitely be catching up soon. Thank you very much for inviting me. You got it. The great John Minko with a very special 2020 flash. The Nets are getting killed, by the way. Because <laughs> I am a Net fan. I do have the game on, and it is just. Right. I'm watching them trip all over. The Nets still in the league. Trip all over themselves. Oh, God, it's an ugly mess. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.